Oh boy, what a week. Um, you got your Friday debrief here on the Point B Podcast. This is episode five. We appreciate you tuning in. Oh man, so throughout this week we've had a number of bombshells dropped on us. For the most part only contributing to the mass depression in the country. Um, but bottom line, we need to remember not to contribute to the disinformation. We'll get into a little bit of um, some of the frustrations that I've seen on social media. People sharing a lot of hope not necessarily um, grounded in any fact or truth and that can be dangerous i know we're all frustrated but remember december 9th is the cutoff for the electoral college we still got a lot of political time to go between now and any confirmation or anything like that so once again let's all just take a, a deep breath right now We've, we've navigated from a political process into a legal process, and legal processes take time and they take money, as we've seen from all the political ads that almost seem like there's more now since after the election, that they're, they're all raising money for their legal teams. Um, but for now, I think it's just a good idea to, to sit back and observe. Nothing that we share on Facebook is going to make a difference in a legal proceeding. Uh, the legal cases have been filed and they are being pursued by the most motivated team obviously out there in this case being the Trump legal team who um, well we'll get into it but I firmly believe that right now we're not in a battle for who wins the president we're in a battle for how what level of fraud are we comfortable with as the American people um, in our political election system so as we're watching that closely uh, we also need to be watching extremely closely the state of Georgia. There's a runoff there for two Senate seats, which would literally flip the power of the Senate either direction, depending on how that goes. Uh, we'll talk about that. Also, China just came out and recognized Biden as the president-elect, and uh, that came after the uh, state of Arizona was called for the blue, and that's another kick in the gut, man. Um, this process is not over, and yet we're seeing... The, the key players come excuse me coming out coming out for this supposed president elect and it's it's troubling to say the least I've got my theories on why China would do that but uh, that's for another show we're going to get into the far left the AOC's of the world calling for lists of Trump supporters for an air quotes Trump accountability project they've got a website and everything they're ready to go they are putting Trump supporters onto lists, and they want to make sure in the future that Trump supporters don't hold political office. They don't hold any sort of leadership position, be it in a company or be it in the public sphere. They want retribution. Um, we'll get into that. And something else we saw this week is potentially the end of Fox News. This election process is not over, but looks like Fox News just might be. So with that, let's get into it. Okay, welcome to it, episode five of the Point B podcast. We had a busy week. Um, a lot of stuff happening in the news this week. I want to give you all a rundown before we head out into the weekend, which of course, within the next 30 minutes, the news cycle will be completely unended because these Oh, what's the word for them? What's the nice word for them? These people 
uh, politicians love to drop bombshells right at the end of the weekend when they want people to see it. And then they wait till Saturday morning or Sunday morning when they don't want people to see it. So um, I, I'm debating, but my, my hope is to start having a Monday weekend debrief for you as well. So Friday, we'll catch up on the week. Monday, we'll see what we might have missed um, between Friday evening and Monday morning. Hopefully not too much, but we'll see. So first, I want to get into the this topic of disinformation. I think a lot of us, um, obviously myself coming from more of a, a right-wing conservative mindset, I'm speaking to people on my side, but the principle stands for all Americans in that, you know, I firmly believe, and I've said this before, that Russia does not care, honestly, who is president. Um what they want is chaos. And so I get out of here. Come on. This amateur hour got my outlook beeping at me. Um, they just want chaos. They want to sow distrust and discontent in our system because our system is the most free and the, the best in the world. And to compete with us, they got to, they got to rip down that system. They got to keep us divided. And so speaking to my friends on the right, there's a lot of very, best case scenario, very hopeful stories out there about election fraud and about watermarks on ballots and stuff like that. Um, we got to remember that, yes, there is disinformation out there. And if somebody wants chaos, they're going to play both sides against each other. So don't contribute to that. As, as we said in the opening monologue, this is a, a, this is a legal process now. And so we're going to let both sides make their cases and we'll see what happens already. As we'll get into, there have been some, um, some fraudulent votes thrown out and will it be enough to flip the presidency? I'm guessing no, I'm guessing that Biden will become president, but something that I've been thinking recently is, is if you're, if you're on the right, obviously you've, You've seen Trump as this kind of monolithic figure who's gone in. He has upended the system. He's a complete disruptor of our political system in a good way. So with that in mind, my opinion or hypothesis is I, I don't think he thinks that he's going to win the presidency. I think that he's just, as he's going out the door, he's dropping a little hope grenade of Let's, let's root out these issues in our election process. Let's figure out what the problem is. We've become so accepting to a certain level of fraud that why? Why? With the most technologically advanced, most powerful nation in the world, why would we just be okay with any level of fraud? And so just like um, the, the, the day or the day after the, the killing of George Floyd, there was this moment where the country was united behind the, how abhorrent and disgusting that situation was. And then what happened, the media flipped it into, well, the right believes this, the left believes this. Everybody picked their side of the, the line that the media drew in the sand for us. And then we were divided again. And so here, another situation where I think we should and we can be united if we're just sane and rational about what is actually going on. You've got one side claiming they've been treated unfairly in an election process. Regardless, 
Donald Trump is still president until January 20th or 19th, however technically it works. And Biden is still not president. I don't care how many foreign leaders he meets with, arguably illegally, um, hashtag Logan Act. (sighs) But bottom line, we still have a president. And there's a process that's at work. And we have to see that process through together because if if we're we're sitting back and we're expecting voter fraud um to be proven then as soon as there's real widespread voter fraud evidence let's start looking into the whole system we might find out that freaking trump stole florida right if you're looking unbiased and you're just looking for truth let the chips fall where they may that's a win for everybody. We can and we should be united about this, but obviously we're not because it's been politicized just like freaking everything else in our world. But bottom line, no matter what happens, the sane, rational, everyday American, which is the vast, vast majority of Americans, we will accept the results of a real audit of the ballots, and if we can see evidence that okay yes obviously there was fraud i mean pennsylvania has a i forget the number like a three percent or something i I saw the statistic the other day and i should have saved the link but there's a certain level of mail-in ballots that are thrown out every year and this year it's like a percentage of one percent that were deemed invalid and how is that possible that in a year that we have a massive increase in the number of of mail-in ballots and then a decrease in some of the security measures that are given to those mail-in ballots, how does it that less are thrown out? It, it makes absolutely no sense. Something shady is going on. And again, I don't care if it's Republicans committing fraud or Democrats committing fraud. I want the fraud to be exposed. And I want the guilty people to be thrown in prison. And then we get to true up our process. We get to have faith in our election system election system again and then we get to move on and so those idiotic voices out there saying that Trump voters are only going to accept the results of Trump wins it's BS discount it because it's not true and if it is true in your own heart in your own mind you're the problem and you need to fix yourself but I also don't like the rhetoric of it's obvious that this election was stolen I've got my feelings on it too but that's not the point the point is we are in a process and we have to see what happens so spreading information out there or misinformation disinformation on facebook and things like that or parlor now parlor's taking a huge jump um you're only contributing to the chaos and ultimately our enemies win in that situation so don't contribute to the downfall of the american election system simply because you're so hopeful for a specific turnout that you won't accept anything that doesn't fall in line with what you want if Biden legitimately won the election and he takes the White House, the American voter wins. Even if the people like me who didn't vote for Biden, we win because we know that the process worked. And then in four years, we got the opportunity to make a change. And that is, that's the beauty of our system, at least how the system is supposed to work. Four years is not a lot of time unless you start removing 
restraints on executive power, as we've seen year after year after year, more and more power, even under Trump, even under Bush, especially under Bush. And then Obama seized every bit of that control and Trump did nothing to limit it, which is my biggest grievance with Donald Trump is he did nothing to limit the power of the executive branch. And that's a problem. But the beauty of our system is that somebody's not supposed to be able to go into office and just start upending our entire process. I don't care what Schumer says. Nobody should be able to go into the office of the presidency and change America, or like Obama said, fundamentally change America. It's not up to one person to assume power and then pass an agenda that they're passionate about, but that the American people are not passionate about or are not even aware of. And that's what is so important about Georgia is the Senate is a very immediate, very strong check on the executive branch. And if the Democrats have the presidency and the Senate, the far left wins in that situation because the responsible just go along to get along. I won't even say responsible, but the the status quo Democrat who doesn't really want to make big waves. He just wants to talk and get video clips of him saying he's making big waves or she those people are now going to be beholden to the Black Lives Matter activists. They're going to be beholden to the far-left AOCs of D.C. And they're already coming out and saying, here's our list of demands. Black Lives Matter Incorporated came out. Yes, Incorporated. Came out and said that we won the presidency for you, Joe Biden. Now here's our demands. Or else, I don't know. We'll see what that what their answer is to or what. Um. I think it's important for us to recognize that in this legal process, there are people who are staking a lot, not just money, but careers on these court battles that are happening. These lawyers that are filing court cases in Pennsylvania and elsewhere, they're risking their name. They're risking their, their license, their, their ability to practice law. And if they're filing frivolous lawsuits, they'll be disbarred. So I think that some, I don't know, a certain level of benefit of the doubt has to be given just in those circumstances. But then the worst thing you can do, the worst thing you can inject into this election cycle is something that Andrew Yang is saying, which is really surprising because I saw a lot of people, even on the right, who are more libertarian than Republican, I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, this Andrew Yang guy makes too much sense for the Democrats. That's why they, they w- wouldn't put him up. But he's a businessman. He's very rational and just um, limited government, blah, blah, blah. But here's this guy coming and saying that people need to move to Georgia. They need, And he's saying he's going to, that he's going to pick up and he's going to move to Georgia so that he can vote in the runoff, which I think ballots or a registration for the runoff is um, by November 18th. And so that in, in itself, I've, I've heard mixed reviews on that, whether that is that constitutes voter fraud, if you can move to Georgia, cast a vote, and then within a certain amount of days, after a certain amount of days have passed, to move back out. I don't understand how that can be legitimate, but I don't know. He's apparently a serious guy, and he's talking about it, so we'll see. But as far as the election goes, we learned this week a little bit more about um, the minority vote that went to Trump. Um, Trump did very well with Latino, um, black communities, obviously the Cuban community in Florida came out strong for Trump and guess who won the majority of the white male vote, the Democrats. 
So I, again, I'm not saying that that means, oh, Democrats, the racist now. I'm, I think it, what it shows is that there's a movement that Donald Trump started. Good or bad depends on how you how you see the world. But if nothing else, he definitely went into D.C. and shook things up. And I think that now that there's so much up in the air, now is the opportunity to kind of do, like I said on the last episode, this hero generation that can come out and 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 take this influence and run with it. Um, it's a good time for us to decide what sort of society or structure that we these chips fall down on. Uh, we don't want to control the outcomes of these, obviously, of these elections or anything like that. But what kind of a society do we want? Do we want a society that's based in truth, that's based in trust in our system? Or do we want a society that's based in secret plans and conspiracies to steal power? Even with the best of intentions, I think that there are some people that think that ends justify the means. Historically, that's the left. But there are people on in all walks of life who just believe, okay, here's this good goal and it's good for everybody. And because it's good for everybody, it doesn't matter how we achieve it. And that's the problem. That is a very big problem within our government. So to quote Biden, let me be clear. Uh, I, I see this election as a loss for the Democrat Party. Again, we were sold a blue wave, and that is not what happened. It wasn't a red wave necessarily, but the Republicans gained seats in the House, and we'll see what happens in the Senate. But overall, there it was a shift in the outlook of the American people on our political system. And I think we're seeing the ugly side of it definitely on social media, but the positive side I think is working behind the scenes and we'll see what comes of it. If any light is shed on that. And I hope there will be. Don't look to the CNNs or the MSNBCs to show you any of that. If there's any positive that comes out of this legal battle that we're seeing take place right now, don't expect the mainstream media, even Fox to report on it. Um, like I said before, now it's time to start looking at these offshoot news agencies like The Blaze or The Daily Wire or whatever it is on the left. Look to the people who have real, um, they've made real investments of time or money into doing something that is against the grain, because I think that's important right now. This era of just status quo I think is, has been upended as evidenced by Fox News seeing the lowest ratings that they've ever seen yet. Um, Tucker Carlson is seeing some of the largest ratings he's ever seen. And Tucker Carlson is standing almost in defiance of Fox News at this point. So while it's not necessarily a win for Republicans, um, any potential voter fraud aside, the people voted against Trump, which I think people... Even if you love Trump, I think it's pretty obvious that that is to be expected with a figure like Trump. You know, he went in there. I think people gave him four years a chance. And I think no matter what happens with uh, these legal battles, I don't think Trump will win re-election. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think he went in there. He got a, a job somewhat done. I think he could do far more in a second term. But I'm, I'm afraid, just like I was afraid of a confident 2016 Trump, I'm afraid now of an overly confident, victorious second-term Trump. And I, I don't know if that's necessarily what this country needs right now. 
I don't think Biden is what this country needs right now, but I think there's going to be such a sharp contrast from a Trump presidency to a Biden presidency that the American people really are going to have a choice to make in 2024. And we will have real time, recent evidence to back up any decision that we make either way, left or right. But depending on how Congress goes, how the Senate goes in Georgia, um, watch for more executive orders from Biden. Um, you know, I mean, even in Obama, Within his eight years, uh, there was a supermajority between the presidency and the and Congress. The Democrats controlled it all, and yet there were still some limitations on what Obama could do, so he resorted to executive orders. So I, I expect to see plenty more of that coming. Getting into this Truth and Rec- Reconciliation Project, um, what was it, the, the Trump Accountability Project, TrumpAccountability.net, if you want to check that out. Uh, it's a pretty basic website at this point, but... They've got a nice little uh, front page photo of immigrants behind fences. Um, So we know exactly what argument they're going after. But they're wanting to have lists of Trump supporters. And historically, we know that this doesn't turn out well. Um, When there's retribution against half of the country, it can get ugly. But bottom line, they want to erase the, the conservative voice. They want to erase not, not even the Republican voice because many on the left love the Republicans who are cowards and who are weak and who just want their power. And they just want to go to Washington to play political games while the rest of us down here are suffering in many cases. So what's the easiest way to ensure a political victory for the rest of the foreseeable future. Well, that's to erase the voices of those of the opposition. And we're seeing that. We're seeing Facebook putting disclaimers on everything now. They're throttling post-performance videos. I mean, you're seeing almost anybody on the right is getting some kind of a flag on their post. If it has the word COVID, if it has the word election in it. And now they're saying that, you know, Every time Trump shares something, you see there's a little disclaimer there. Biden is the projected winner. And it's like, man, I don't need that from you. I don't need Facebook to come and tell me what I should know or should not know. I went to Facebook first for entertainment and to connect with people. But now they've injected themselves into the political process where now there's news articles everywhere. And I fell into it. I fell into the share game where I'm sharing and sharing. People don't like the articles I'm sharing, so they comment. And I comment back. We get into an argument. and nobody's more united after that. And so now I've, I'm trying to, to use that, that energy, that side of my brain for the podcast and leaving the politics off my personal Facebook page as much as I possibly can. Um, but it's hard sometimes cause it's like, I see an article and it's like, I, I've, I feel like people need to see this. And if I don't share it, I mean, they're not going to see it on CNN, at least not in its full context. But is that up to me? No, it's not up to Facebook to tell us what we should or should not see. And it's not up to me to tell you what you should or should not see. I can just put my opinions out there in audio podcast form and I'll let you do the, do with that what you will. But, you know, if I'm really honest about it, if there's a list out there of what they're saying, Trump supporters, but I would, I would lump in constitutionalists, conservatives, people who just love this country I'm to the point where it's like, man, 
sign me up, you know, put me on the list. Let's get that list up to 70 plus million names. And then we'll see exactly which, which uh, political party has the power in this country. But that's probably the more petty side of me <laughs> that I try not to entertain, but uh, always has a, a habit of coming out. And so before we head out, I want to briefly discuss the polls. Um, obviously, the polls were completely lopsided, just like 2016. They were completely wrong. So can we stop with the polls? Um, polls don't determine elections. Polls only influence votes. And so can the people not determine the winner of elections instead of the media? Can we follow an election process instead of trying to play games to get ratings? There is an election process, and it's, it's just getting started. So who benefits from these polls and the real-time analysis? You know, if, if you're thinking, all right, well, because of the polls, because Fox News is saying that Biden or Trump is behind by a thousand votes. Well, somebody go find me a thousand votes. The people who take advantage of the system, I think, benefit from the sens- how sensationalized it's become. Why can't we have election day? Everybody casts their vote. Every vote is counted. Every vote is verified, audited. And then when we know the results, the results are reported to the American people after all the votes are counted. Why is that not the system? Well, it's not sexy, right? You know, there can't be a Fox News alert. So who benefits from knowing where those extra votes are going to be needed? Well, obviously the political powers, not the American people. And so an extension from there, claiming victory when the process is not complete, it does nothing except further the damage in the people's trust in the system. It makes it a hundred times worse when you've got one major political party claiming they've won and the other side saying, hold your horses, bro. So now we are even more sharply divided on a process that we don't even get to watch. And Biden running on stage does nothing. To, to further the cause. It just makes him look worse, to be honest. He looks so old and frail when he's trying to run out there all Elizabeth Warren style. It's ridiculous. I could get into a huge, huge thing about just how the, well, I will, the production teams for the Democrats and Republicans, it's like they switched. What you could say, we've got somebody from TV, from reality TV, in the White House, and it's very obvious because the production of the rallies, the production of some of the things they've hosted at the White House have just been phenomenal. They've been inspiring. Um, when Trump did his, uh, I, don't, I guess it was like the official confirmation that he was going to be running for re-election, it was a spectacle. It was beautiful. It, to me, it was it was beautiful. It was It was like seeing my country loved again on TV. And you know what? It's been a long ass time since I've turned on the TV and seen something that was just America, you know? I mean, you can watch some of the military movies, but even there it's every soldier's got PTSD and, you know, is going to end up shooting up his house. It's like there's no pride in just who we are as a nation anymore. And so to see some of just the flat-out Americanism coming out of the White House the past three and a half, well, almost four years now, it's to me it's been a little bit refreshing, if I'm completely honest. The Republican messaging has been on point. 
obviously with the asterisk of Trump. And so again, I'm kind of happy that he's going to be leaving the White House. But I think the message has been on point. I think the Republicans, they've really seized their strengths, which has been conveying a message. Trump aside, obviously, he can't get through a full sentence without politicizing something. But the you're going to call it the undercard, all the, the congressional races, the people who are winning elections in places where Democrats have held power for years, for decades. The message is what is on point, and it's working, I believe. And so I'm looking to see what happens in 2022 with the Senate midterms, and then I'm anxious to see what happens in 2024 if we're still around. But then we'll see if we haven't burned ourselves to the ground. So I want to leave you with just a very very point-blank, black-and-white, positive message, encouragement, but at the same time, a hold-your-horses message. And that being, if you're on social media, if you're, if you're using Facebook to spread a political message, more power to you. You know, it's your voice. Use it how you want. I just want to inject a little bit of caution. When you see some obscure newspaper reporting on something or some local Fox News report or article saying, well, here's how Trump can win the election. And, you know, here, this guy has a video on TikTok of him ripping up a Trump ballot. Research it a little bit. You're obviously scrolling through Facebook because you got nothing better to do. Use the next two or three minutes. Just do a, a Google search and look, okay, obviously the CNNs are not going to like it. Obviously the Snopes are not going to like it. The the fact checkers and all those, the Washpo, the Huffing Poe, all those people. But look for the elements of truth. Look for evidence. Pick an article that's got hyperlinks to actual Twitter screenshots or to actual video feeds. The evidence is out there, and you know, really, that's kind of the, some of the frustrating part of it is that there's so much evidence that now we've got to decide how much of this evidence isn't actually evidence, how much of it is just fake, or how much of it is not even from this election cycle, or how much of it is just a complete BS article, and it's 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 extremely frustrating because I want to go on Facebook and I want to be positive and I want to share a good message, but. I don't even know how to share an article anymore because there's so much just flat out disinformation to where you become part of the problem instead of part of the solution. So obviously use social media, obviously stay there, start looking at the, the, um, the parlors. There's another one called MeWe. I think, uh, parlors more of a Twitter. MeWe is more Facebook. I have not had any luck with MeWe. I've heard the platform is, is pretty user-friendly, Maybe I'm just old. I don't know, but I haven't really gotten it down. Parlor, I'm starting to figure it out, and there's more and more people on there where now even the entertainment side of Facebook for me, I'm seeing that on Parlor. The UFCs, the um, the Babylon Bees, the, oh, what's it? Uh, there's this one called Funker, I think, or uh, the Federalist, I follow them. So th there's a lot of good stuff that's coming over to Parlor, and I feel like Parlor really is almost like a, a middle ground between Facebook and Twitter at least how I'm using it. Um, so try it out. I, I think it's important to, just like it's important to have more voices, not less, I think it's important to seek out other platforms to have a, a sort of a check on power, on Facebook's power, and maybe that will encourage them to leave the American people alone, you know? And, and 
like the title of the episode, Forget the Results of 2020. Protect the voter. Protect the vote. Protect the individual vote. One voter casting a vote that is not recognized is wrong, and it needs to be discovered. Why, why, why can somebody use their constitutionally protected right to cast a vote, a right that has been fought for, bled for, people have died for and sacrificed for? It matters. So I've seen too many people saying, oh, yeah, okay, there's, of course there's voter fraud. There's always voter fraud, but it's not enough to change the results. I don't give a crap. I do not give a crap who ends up in the White House. I care about the voter and I care about every single vote being counted, every single legal vote being counted, and the people who are spreading, not spreading, people who are engaging in voter fraud, whether it's defrauding one old person's vote or hundreds of thousands of votes. I don't care. I want it discovered. I want the truth, the light shed on it, and I want people to start going to jail. And I hope there's Republicans too. I hope that these investigations from the from the Trump campaign team exposes Republicans out there committing voter fraud, and they go to jail too. Send them all to jail. I don't give a crap. Because guess what? They would send you and I to jail if we did a tenth of some of the bull crap that goes on in D.C. Man. I need to stop talking. <laughs> Here we are at the end of the show already. Um, I appreciate you tuning in. This is a Friday debrief for you on the Point B podcast. I will see what happens over the weekend. If I drop a Monday episode, I will, of course, let you know on the Facebooks. And I'm getting set up on others as well. I hope to have a podcast page on Parlor. Once I do, I will put that on my Facebook story and on to the newsfeed so that you can follow me there. Uh, but for now, if you are on Parlor, give my personal page a follow. It's at B Esparza. And the number seven, B is in Bobby, Esparza, E-S-P-A-R-Z-A, and the number seven. And I'm not posting a ton of content, but I am just hoping to see a little bit more of just average people on there, not just 50 notifications from the Trump team telling me to donate to his legal fund. Um, so with that, let's have a good weekend. Let's have a positive weekend. Keep an eye on the news, but at the same time, don't let this legal process that it's not going to end this weekend. So don't feel bad. And I'm, maybe I'm speaking more to myself. But don't feel bad about taking some time away from the news cycle, away from the TV, away from the phone and the Facebook. Just spend some time with family. Find, find somebody in your family or in your, your friend circle that's moving or needs some housework done. And just help somebody out for, um, for the weekend and, and have some fun doing it. Reconnect with people, obviously social distance and wear your mask and all that crap. Um, but with that, let's head out. Let's have a good weekend. Be positive. Be helpful. Be encouraging. Stay vigilant. Don't contribute to the disinformation. Take care. I appreciate you tuning in.